field, people will come. And it doesn't happen. You have to look at how you're doing business. Welcome to White Sox Business, a podcast about Chicago's Southside baseball team, hosted by me, John Greenberg, and the Mai Tai drinking James Fegan. Subscribe to White Sox Business on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check out James's and my work on The Athletic as well. We've got a special $1 monthly promotion. Go find it at theathletic.com forward slash Southside, all one word. James, what have you been doing since the White Sox departed the playoffs? Have you been thinking deeply you know, about uh, the issues of society, or have you been making... Uh, GIFs of Tim Anderson. Uh, GIFs of Tim Anderson. I have a Google Doc where every time I think of a question I would uh, pester Rick Hahn with, I kind of write it down while watching uh, soccer. And um, I uh, filed um, way too many words on uh, 19-year-old White Sox pitching prospects uh, that Lauren can peruse at her, uh, at her discretion. Nice. So you're, you're really living it up. Yeah, I, I'm doing what I would do uh, if I was on vacation. <laughs> exactly. Just making my ties, coming up with questions for Rick Hahn. Any good questions you can share with us or any maybe bad questions you can share with us that are like just like the kind you scribble down in the middle of the night and then you look I at I mean, the they're very like, shorthand sense. to just remind me to bring up a topic. So it's stuff like, Cease, what's the deal? <laughs> I put that in a Google document. <laughs> I think... You should, do you want me to phrase the question like that when he does this thing? What if I just go, cease? What's the deal? That, that'd probably be better than just me meandering uh, for 30 right. seconds about every factor that's present. Since he's just going to say what he wants to say about the topic in the first place. Right. It's like the old advice about asking Ozzie Guillen questions. Just say, Dylan, cease? Yeah, right. <laughs> so you did your, you joked about it with me on Twitter when I made a joke about you drinking Mai Tais and taking vacations. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm not making Tim Anderson... Uh, minor adjustment uh gifts or gifs whatever you call them and then you actually sent me a story <laughs> then, I, then i saw in slack there was like 75 uh tim anderson's so i was like wow you really weren't kidding about that i thought it was totally was a joke i thought it was interesting he it went, was interesting it's he ended the story. season with on a like the biggest slump of his career and i'm thinking like their offense is toast and like the one of the few guys I think could drag them out of it is kind of rolling as bad as he possibly could be um, entering the se- entering the playoffs. So I thought that was an interesting storyline. And then it becomes even more interesting that he totally flips it and has literally like a history making like three games of playoffs to try to drag them to the promised land. So I, I right. thought it was fascinating that he worked his way out of that. Right. And you wrote a, a nice, really nice feature about. Tim Anderson, ready for the postseason spotlight. Now, usually when you do that, it like comes back to bite you, right? Like before yeah. the World Series, I wrote like Javi Baez, Francisco Lindor in for title fight. And like Baez didn't really do that much in the World Series. It was like it was not Baez versus Lindor and like, you know, as, as this as the seven games went on. So yours actually came true, which is kind of amazing. And, and it is interesting how Tim Anderson, it shows really that story shows his maturation as a hitter, which we've seen firsthand. And, like, there was the idea last season, like, oh, yeah, we'll see if he can do it again, right? Like, oh, he just got – it was just a fortunate season last year. And yeah, he had 400 BABIP and whatnot. Right. <laughs> exactly, you know, and look what happened this season. He was, you know, just as good if not – for the most of the season, you know, and and it, in pretty bad conditions. Like, you know, Javi Baez commented, and I'm sure plenty of White Sox players and other people have commented too, like they didn't have – 
the access to video they had before during games. You know, everything's a little limited. I mean, you do get to see the same teams over and over, but, you know, he showed facing pitchers he hasn't seen that all season that he can hit no matter what. Yeah, and I would... I don't know, because on the one hand, I would say that Tim Anderson, the guy who's so bat speed oriented and so capable of making those quick, quick adjustments, compared to someone who, like, Yasmani Grandal is very much, like, has to be extremely disciplined with his own, is not a quick bat guy, and, and very much is a mistake hitter, um, but a very precise mistake hitter uh, at his best. I would think Tim Anderson would be someone who could probably operate without as much video a bit better. But then again, you know, Javi Baez would also be someone who's very bat speed oriented and he just, um, well, I don't know, it's basically the worst hitter on earth. So I, 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 yeah, it's, I would probably have to lean towards giving Tim credit for, for making that type of, um, adjustment and especially kind of, I mean, it's three game sample and it's a weird thing to define your career by, but like this is, these were literally the three biggest games of his career and he went in on this off day and basically arrested a week long slump and and nearly uh nearly did as much as he could to kind of drag his team uh to the promised land of of the division series that is. James, let's take a little break and then we'll be back. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Jessica Mendoza, ESPN, asked a really good question on um, one of the Zoom calls you said that that really brought out. Like, he's tired of your questions asking them because he knows what you're getting at and you want to get something really deep. But then Jessica, an unfamiliar voice, asks it, and he, he seemed to open up a little more about his process. Oh, yes. <laughs> he, he definitely kind of got more into the – I don't know if it's just talking to, like, another – baseball person who maybe he talked to it more in the language that, that, that he thinks of it or or just the fact that you know he, he recognized the the star credentials or or maybe respected her zoom background more than my uh my bedroom closet doors um but he he he, he, he spoke more uh about the general area that i was getting at uh than uh you know he gave to me um which you know I'm glad Jessica Mendoza's on her Zoom call. Uh, I would have thought that they have special like access or whatnot, but uh, you know, he would, you would, right? I mean, that's like something that, you know. A sideline reporter told me is that they weren't getting special uh, Zoom, like they weren't getting special access. And I'm, a, you know, I'm a person that we, you know, I want as much access for you as possible. But I still think that's kind of silly. Like if you're if the only way you're going to market your team this year is through television. Like you should be giving the broadcasters more access and not just in-game nonsense, like actually giving them stuff to make the broadcast experience better. And it doesn't seem like, I feel like some teams have done that and then other teams just have not. And they're just like, what? We're not going to be bothered with this crap. Yeah. I mean, I don't, there's probably some story to be done at all of this about what, what PR staffs did and how they handle it. Because it seems like for the most part, everyone was very, you know, challenged by this entire situation. And there is a, um, you know, 
people like readers ask like what 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 is it like to work on this or how is it like in this environment and i just mostly said like i think the content you're getting is probably a lot worse like we, we really don't have as much ability to kind of um both to talk to people individually as much as we could and it's kind of a worse environment and, like i finally kind of got fed up with it during the post game stuff with uh ricky because like to kind of parse through what he was doing pitching wise i like i just need to ask a lot of follow-up questions i kind of need to pester him i can't just do this one and done thing um and th- that even goes be that goes without even saying about uh all the off the record stuff that you kind of do to confirm or uh, firm up um right what people are saying to try to characterize it right yeah exactly what do you think rick Hahn, i don't know is rick Hahn- as of this moment, we're tight. We're taping on Monday morning. Has Rickon set a time or date for his talk? No, he has not. Uh, he has been uh, pestered, uh, 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 or his staff has been pestered about if there's going to be a time by a, a certain athletic reporter, but with uh, no response or confirmation yet. Their season Was ended Mark, on Thursday. Mark, Mark Craig. Uh, no, it, 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 it's me, John. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's a White Sox guy. So what do you think he's going to say? I mean, I've honestly like, I like Rick. Um, I always enjoy talking to him in person. Um, he's very funny. He's got a dry wit. When he does these press conferences, they come off. I don't really get a lot of usable quotes from them because it's just like these long, <laughs> these long sentences. Where he's just, I don't know. I, I have a tough time explaining how he does it, but it's basically like he, he's an expert at saying a lot and not saying anything at all, which is what he's trying to do. That is, he's trying to be the anti-Kenny. <laughs> so what do you think he says on this of note? Um, I think he probably would. I always lean towards not expecting them to say anything or do anything radical. Um, so I, I think it's going to kind of reiterate what he said at the start, um, you know, after the regular season about everything being a positive experience and getting playoff experience and how this is the first step for this team. I mean, the note after the game from guys like Anderson, from guys like Luis Robert, and certainly from Renner Rio was all about how this is positive and this is going to be a step forward and whatnot. And, um, you know, he's always been very complimentary of Renneria and talked about how disagreements on strategic measures are just kind of part and parcel of the relationship, but that they feel like they have an open dialogue. So I feel like that's probably the, the roadmap for how to talk around um, the, you know, what are you doing type of nature of, a, of some of game three. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd imagine um, it, it's mostly about how this is, is building on their foundation that they've already established. But, you know, what, what my questions are is um, it's just kind of something he's pushed off the entire year about what the lack of revenue is going to do towards their kind of free agent plans. And, and what they're going to do and whether or not they're going to make the same commitment of, you know, we're basically setting aside DH uh, first base DH for Andrew Vaughn next year, the same way that they did with Luis Robert center field and Nick Madrigal at second base. Um, what do they make of the back of the rotation of the years that season Lopez had since they committed to them as parts of the rotation last year? Can they really do the same thing this year? And um, I, I really wonder what they think of Yuan Mankata after the season because you know we don't really know what the long term prognosis is when you have like lung damage or increased decreased physical capacity from COVID, whether it just goes away after six months or something like that. I, he's going to get a lot of Ricky. Que- I hope he gets a lot of Ricky questions. I would imagine. 
Yeah, I don't know. I've been on some of these Zoom calls. I'm not so sure, <laughs> to be honest. That, that's uh, a good point. How, how how long is it till people start spinning till 2021? Two questions. Um, one question. One and a half, or the second part of the first question. Yeah, second right, second part of the first question till someone's like says how. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, we'll get congratulated, obviously, and there's some there's some you know value in that. I mean, he did. They they did it. They made the playoffs. That was that was the first goal. Like anything we talk about with the White Sox rebuild, the first step was actually making the playoffs again because it had been so long. Is congratulating you know? him something that needs to be done on the record during our one like no. Zoom availability? No, of course not. But you know, people are going to do it. Yes. It's like it's like it's like does someone need to be welcomed to Chicago when they sign with or get traded to one of the teams? Of course not. But is there one or two people who think they have to welcome someone to Chicago? I think I did it for David Ross. When he came back, <laughs> yeah, I think I did one of them, and everyone was joking. Or no, you know what it was? I, I, I take that back. I didn't do that, but I asked the first question, and everyone got on me on Twitter for not welcoming him back with the first question because that's what another reporter always does with the first question. I, like, that's what it was. I'll, I'll look for that in his memoir about like I knew that things were not going to be kind to me in my manager stint when I wasn't welcome. <laughs> I wasn't welcome till the third question that day. <laughs> All right, let's pause right here, and then we'll finish up the show. Who knows what the market's going to be like next year? You know, I think given that Jerry Reinsdorf just green-lighted a pretty substantial contract for Billy Donovan, that maybe the White Sox would be willing to spend some money too. You know, maybe they're rolling he's willing in it. To, right, they're rolling in it. They've got they have to have some savings. You know, both teams over many years. So here's a trade idea I had. Tell me if you like it or I'm love excited. it. Okay. We're going we're gonna to go back to the the crosstown trade ideas because it's the only trade idea as a columnist oh, in Chicago. <laughs> it's the only – a Chicago columnist is only allowed to come up with trade ideas for both teams. Okay? All right. Excitement is slightly diminished. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the white – people say the Cubs should start the rebuild, right? Or a minor rebuild, not a real rebuild, but like start retooling. Okay. <laughs> What about White Sox need some veterans to kind of get over the hump? They're hmm. going to need a closer. They could use another starting pitcher. Oh, God. You, Darvish, and Craig Kimbrell for Michael Kopech. Um, they can't rely on Kopech, James. For the you, Sox, Darvish, I you think can rely it's... On. Yeah, I, I, I'd do it. <laughs> I'd do it for Darvish. Uh, I mean, Kimbrell, Kimbrell just seems like, eat, <laughs> like you're eating money there for the Cubs' right. sake. Right. Um, but yeah, how, how many more years could does Darvish have? Um, let's check. You know, but uh, here's the thing with Kimbrel. If Coop can figure him out, and we know Coop can do that, right? No? Can he uh, reverse aging? Coop could do it. I bet you give Coop some time in the lab. He can reverse aging. Um, but they, you know, they're going to need a closer. As you wrote, they, you know, they're not going to keep, they probably won't re bring back Alex Colomay, right? They shouldn't. Okay. So, uh, Darvish has three more years left. Yes. And it's, yeah, so it's 20, 22 million and 21, 19 and 22, 18 and 23. And that's pretty good. You know, I mean, right now, that's not bad. For for three years of Darvish, I would be willing to part with, you know, the, uh, the, the chosen one. I would, I would send so many Google Docs of, of quotes and uh, insights to, to, to side of that he would immediately resent and probably put into the trash. But, and I, but, I, but yeah, for Darvish, a top of the rotation guy, someone who would like 
really power stuff that I'd probably feel a lot better putting in a game too. Uh, yeah, geez, I might have to, you know, I might have to admit that Lucas Giolito might not even be the number one starter anymore uh, with Darvish in, in the rotation and, you know, can really put Keuchel out to the, the kind of mid-rotation guy that, you know, Han talked about him being when they brought him on and not someone you're counting to be game two of the, uh, um, you know, uh, of the playoff series. That, that would be a big upgrade. You know, it's a substantial amount of control and, I wouldn't say Kimbrel is just like my ninth inning guy from spring training. I'd probably give um, someone along the likes of Aaron Bummer or Cody Hewitt to take over that role and maybe just be more happy if Kimbrel can be a, a late re- late inning guy. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Darvish enough alone is, is worth taking that chance. All right. So I, I, should I write this? I'm going to write this. Stir it up a little. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I do wonder if the Sox will actually do it. Like that's the level of like, marriage no, to yeah. Kopech. Right. Um, but um, They should, though. But I yeah, mean, they definitely wouldn't. should from a value perspective. And I, I say this as someone who obviously is very high on Kopech. Right. He's traveled. We'll, we'll send you to Japan like we sent you to Texas. <laughs> send me to Iran. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That'd be really cool. Um, either one, we'll send James wherever. Um, like the good old days when we told him to pack a bag and head to Texas. Ah, the good times. All right. That's enough for today. It's the off season. James, go back and enjoy making some drinks. Uh, you make some drinks too while you're listening to this. Uh, we give you permission. It's the off season for White Sox fans. Enjoy yourself. And while you're enjoying yourself, please uh, download the podcast, rate us, tell your friends, word of mouth helps. Anything you can do to help uh, the White Sox business brand, we appreciate. And remember, we have that $1 monthly promotion, theathletic.com forward slash Southside. Thanks a lot for joining us. Bye.